Uh, Draymond, I wanted to go back to what you said about people not really knowing or understanding the game of basketball. Uh, how would you go about teaching them? Uh, well, first off, in order to learn, you have to understand what you don't know. And most people don't understand that they don't know shit, and so they're just... That's a wrap podcast. I'm your co-host Jay Rosales. We are recording this on January the 15th, two weeks into the new year and 2021. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's looking a bit, a little bit like 2020. Like it hasn't really gone that great, has it? It's early. It's early. It's early, right? I mean, I think that's the same slogan. I think that might be the slogan for the Raptors this year. It's early. (laughs) Um, But how are we doing, (laughs) Trey? How could you do this to me, James Harden, you bastard? (laughs) (laughs) So we know where Trey stands on this trade. Okay. Which we will be talking about. Absolutely. But uh, how about how about you, how about you, Jason? Oh, actually, no, that that wasn't me. Those were all of the strip clubs in in Houston. That wasn't ah, me. yes, yes, yes. Uh, there it is, there it is. I thought it was a, a, a stripper. <laughs> no, I don't care that much. Tone you were doing there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care that much. Uh, well, I mean, it's good to talk to you guys uh, and and Raptor fans. This is a podcast by fans for fans, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you know what, the Raptors right now, I feel like they're they're coming together um finally uh it it took some time but i feel like it's starting to get there a little bit and i know we're going to talk about that but damn does the nba not sleep and there could be a lot of positive things however you take it but there's so much on the docket i want to get started right away jay what's the first thing we should talk about well i love how like whenever we start these episodes you you remind fans that this is a podcast by fans and for fans and we as basketball fans are probably fighting a bit of a dilemma here we especially us here on this podcast we live and breathe basketball and we love to see it we were pining for it during the pandemic we were waiting for it to come back you know in in, even in bubble form back in august and now we're back at at these crossroads and with the number of covid cases going up within the nba something that we weren't really dealing with back in the bubble of august and now dealing with postponements on a daily basis, the question is, you know, should the, the should Adam Silver postpone the league? Should he just cancel the league? Or is this just going to be the new norm for the rest of the season? Like I, I don't I don't know where to start with this. And I, I think I want to throw it over to you, Dre, first, because you know, you know, where, where are you at with this? Like is it is it going to get worse is is this the worst of it right now i don't know i honestly don't think that we've reached the possible worst that it can get um this is what i think the league was fearing when they did the bubble and they said you know if it gets out of hand we might have to go on hiatus again um this isn't looking fantastic just today already like um the the timberwolves and the grizzlies have, have postponed and I think that was like right after we put it in our, in our agenda 
let's talk about postponed games. Literally, like, a minute after, it's like, sorry, here's another one. So, I mean, who even knows at this point? You know, at first it seemed like a few teams got out of hand, but now it seems like it's not even like a conference-based thing. It's like a, a, a league thing, which is really not good. That's a good point. One thing I will say, though, they should absolutely, and I don't know if this is a thing, they, I feel like they should make some special exceptions in this case. They should absolutely throw out those one or two Sixers games that they force them to play. If all of these other games are being postponed, I think it's absolute horse pookie, I guess, that yeah. they force them to play. Otherwise, they would forfeit a win. I think that's insane, given the fact that it's relatively unsafe to, to begin with. First off, there's that, because I think it's only fair that every team gets treated fairly. Uh, secondly, I wouldn't be surprised if we're put in like a, a little brief hiatus. But the good news is vaccines are coming out. They are being distributed. It might be a little different than what we were seeing last year. So hopefully things get tidied up pretty soon. But I feel like we might have to go on a shutdown. And that's honestly not that crazy or that bad. I think it's the wise option. They've clearly given it a shot. We're like 10, 12 games into the season each team. So what is that? That's like already a seventh of the season or like a sixth of the season, technically. So we're we're quite underway. Uh, they've given it a shot. They might have to put it on hiatus. And I don't think it's that bad, given the extreme circumstances. The fact that Cat, Cat, for God's sakes, Carl Anthony Towns has lost so many family members, including his mother. And he only just got COVID now. So that just shows that like, Clearly, he must have really done everything that he could to not catch it himself when it was, you know, decimating his family, which is like, I feel so bad for him. You know, he clearly isn't the same person anymore. And now he gets it. I mean, if, I don't know if you read his response. Uh, very grim. Um, optimistic, but grim. He's clearly not in a good place. And yet it's going back to work that made him sick. That That's just very telling. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. It's hard to put into words where I am with it too, and and I I totally hear you, Dre, and I second you, man, because hearing you know players like someone, especially like Kat, who's uh, lost so many family members, and and then you have uh, I know we'll get into it, but you have like Kyrie Irving uh, going to clubs for birthday parties, like the it's 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 just so scary to see the the vision of you know who believes or who doesn't, but when it comes to like the league thinking about uh, postponing it i mean if you think about it it's only been a day and a month or a month and a day since the nba or uh started again and already i believe we have 13 or 14 postponed games and i remember i was listening to an episode of uh, the wilder sportscast and he was like he asked his guest you know what's the over under uh with postponed games and i think they put it at five and then and then both of them were like i think that's too low and it's uh, clearly it's way too low and i i also agree with you Dre, that i don't think this is the worst of it however i think that the nba knew that something like this was coming i don't know if they were thinking that it was going to be this bad because right now it is looking pretty bad and having them you know suit up in like like you said the philadelphia 76ers having to suit up somebody who's injured in order for them to qualify to keep, continue to play that's rough that's real rough but there's no there's no way that they didn't think that something like this would happen. And clearly it's happening. They're, they're, I think they're you're, they're holding, uh, you know, they're crossing their fingers that it doesn't get worse. However, 
how bad does it have to be in order for them to actually take it into consideration to suspend this game or to suspend the league? Does it have to be like a player or a coach or a staff member is in the hospital for them to actually say, okay, let's suspend the league because then you could have avoided it, right? And right now I, I know that, you know, they're postponing games, but then how much of these, how much of the rest of the season uh, can they uh, compress in order to make up these games? So I know they're, the whole point of having a shortened season is to go back to a regular season come October or November. Right now you're you're postponing, you're postponing, postponing. And if you postpone the league uh, altogether, then you're we're back right, you know, having to start on Christmas again or something. So I, I understand, you know, the we're the situation in the NBA, well, I don't really understand because that's that's a lot of moving parts. But, you know, it, I understand that they, they're not looking at it right now. I just hope that it doesn't get to a point where you see someone like knocking wood anybody in the league right now going to the hospital. You know, I, I hope it doesn't get to that point. I'm going to make a little bit of an assumption here that majority of our listeners live in Ontario. And apologies if this does not, what I'm about to say doesn't make sense to you but i can't help but think that what the way adam silver is handling this is very similar to how doug ford is handling the situation in ontario it is very yeah it is it is it is not forward thinking it is very much reactionary not being there is no proactivity to this anytime a new rule comes out it is it's again, it's reactionary. It's after the fact, and it only puts a band-aid on a bullet hole. And I, I just find that what and it really is astonishing because before the pandemic, honestly, anything Adam Silver did, anything he touched was gold. Like he could make any decision, and I would trust that he was making the right decision. But I think that this pandemic has just shown, you know, that even the best are flawed and i i don't like the way that this is being handled and the fact that you know we are i think we're at three postponed games today alone and you know it's going to continue happening right and while the the league is trying to do their part i mean again the point of the postponements is to make sure that those that contract the coronavirus don't spread it i get that and it's it's the right call to make. But at what point, you know, to what both of you already said, at what point do we say, okay, enough is enough, you know? And, you know, I, I can't help but think about 10 months ago, Rudy Gobert catches it and the league shut down immediately. And that was during a time when we didn't quite know, you know, what to do. And now, I mean, the fact that we're at this point now where it's still okay to keep the league open, even though players are getting it left, right, and center, like it's... I believe the last report was 16 players have, have contracted it, right? And right. that is, I think, more than all of last season combined. So it's, it is very worrisome news. I mean, I can't help but even just look at the the Washington Wizards. You know, they, they face the Nets on January the 3rd. Two days later, Kevin Durant has to quarantine. Then the Wizards play the 76ers. Next day, several 76ers, as you guys have pointed out, had to quarantine. The Wizards play the Celtics on January the 8th. The next day, Jason Jason Tatum and several other Celtics have to quarantine. January 9th, the Wizards face the Heat. Avery Bradley goes on, on protocols the following day. Like, it just kept going regarding the Wizards. Now, the Wizards themselves are, I believe there's five on, on their team that have it. It is, it is not looking good, guys. And hmm. um, 
I, I just think that we should postpone it. And, and th- one more point, actually, I should make is that the reason why the league released a schedule in two parts and not one is to account for this kind of, right? It is to say mm-hmm. that, okay, well, there will probably be a post-game, a postponed game or two, and we can make up for it at the end of the first half schedule. Then we can release a second half schedule, you know, kind of with a clean slate here. But we're at the point now with, you know, I, I believe you said it already. What was it? 13 postponed games already? That's yeah. a bit too much to be making up at the middle of March. And there's going to be right. more, right? So, yeah. I, I think also the argument is is the bubble was kind of a phenomenon where, like, it it was so controlled that you know, it, 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 and it was also a very huge feat that there was zero uh, COVID cases for everybody. However, now it's like, if we do, let's say, you know, worst case scenario, we do have to postpone a season. Where are the players going to go? They're probably going to go back to their families. What are they going to do? They're going to probably practice and probably go out more often uh, as a, along with uh, all the, you know, players, coaches, and all everybody else that's with the team. So at this moment, it's almost like, if they continue to play and continue to travel with the with the teams, that's probably the safest that they're ever going to be uh, instead of going into society. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's where the argument is that if you postpone it, it will probably get worse than better. That's what I think the NBA is fearing, too. It's interesting that you brought up Doug Ford because, OK, first off, I'm not a Doug Ford fan. I don't like the guy. I actually hate him. But I feel like when the pandemic first started, he was handling things reasonably well. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, and so was Adam Silver. But it's almost like it, it is irresponsible. But I don't know if it's like knowingly irresponsible or just carefree or just, you know, the assumption that we know better. But clearly the waves have gone really bad. Um, things still go. And I know that economies exist. and we had to avoid a depression, even though we faced a recession. I get all of that, but at the same time, I feel like we went from so careful and cautious to almost like juvenile with how, um, yeah, again, carefree everything feels like, okay, just just quarantine, everything's going to be fine. It's almost like going from like a fantastic surgeon dealing with whatever you have to like Dr. Oz, who's just like slapping a bandaid on and giving you diet pills and it's going to be better. Like it isn't. And we know better. uh, So we know that it's, that it's BS, you know, whether it's, you know, we're going to shut down everything, but schools and this and this to, uh, yeah, we're going to keep the league going. uh, Even though so many people already have had it in like no time at all. So, I get that things still have to operate, but there, I believe there are ways of going about it, and they've just stopped doing a majority of them. I don't expect them to do another bubble, per se, because, you know, we can't expect people to be away from their families and their homes for, like, over a year, some of these players. But, I mean, you know, from Aaron from Gordon thinks zero, differently, though. <laughs> Aaron Gordon wants to go to Hawaii with his girlfriend, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he wants the bubble. So as much as it was concerning to all of us that the, the league is postponing all these games and seeing all these players contract the COVID virus, the league continues. And that's not, uh, and it's most apparent 
with the trade that just happened and a Woj bomb it was and a blockbuster trade it was. Uh, it happened, guys. It finally happened. Uh, James Harden is now a Brooklyn Net. He is going to play alongside his uh, buddy, uh, Kevin Durant, and we'll see about uh, Kyrie Irving. But, I mean, it happened. And this is where I kind of want to uh, start off with you guys is he had a press conference. James Harden is. He had a pro- press conference with the Nets, uh, and he basically, you know, prefaces say that he was he was a great teammate. He's in great shape. Uh, you calls know, himself a and, great teammate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you remember, you know, the last press conference he had with the Rockets, he 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 outwardly said, "This team is not good enough." Knowing that they had stars and well, you know, post stars like John Wall and Demarcus Cousins on it, but he's like, "You know what? This is the last straw. I'm out of here. I don't care what you do. I'm out of here. This team is not good enough." And so much so that they had James Harden, uh, not you know. Uh, go to practice because they knew that there was going to be some beef. Now he is a Brooklyn net. And how did you feel? Like when, what, what happened? I know Jay, you were the one who dropped in. He, you gave us the J bomb and you told us that James Harden is now in Brooklyn in our group chat. And I was like, finally, I mean, as for a Houston rocket fan, uh, I would, for them, I would feel that they are probably relieved. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, all of, of NBA fans are relieved, right? I mean, we can stop with the speculation. We can stop with the trade machines and and just let this be. I mean, this was almost meant to be, right? If we think about, you know, Harden reuniting with KD and, and Harden finally getting his wish of getting out. A, a part of me just wishes that he did not end up in a destination that he really wanted to because I know. Right, that, that just adds to the whole, like, superstars getting their wish. And, you know, we, we've been talking about COVID and and you know, being irresponsible. And here he is like hanging out at strip clubs and like crying his way off the team. I get the crying out your, your way out of the team part, but just do it in a socially responsible way. So that really just kind of soured me on him. Um, right. So but yeah, I, yeah like- it, it is, it's, it's relieving that he's, it's a relief that he's finally off the team. Um, and now I'm ready to, you know, kind of already underrate the Nets. Ooh, uh, Dre. Before I give you give your uh, thoughts on this, let's let's break down the trade itself. The Rockets get a slew of draft picks. So, well, first off, they get Victor Oladipo from a trade uh, from the the Pacers. Who are the Indiana Pacers? Right. Victor Victor Oladipo, Rondis Kruix, uh, Dante Exum, four unprotected first round draft picks. Uh, that's 2022, 2024, 2026. Uh, and Milwaukee's 2022 and four unprotected first round pick swaps 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Nets get James Harden. The Pacers get Karis Levert at 2023 second round draft pick from Houston. And the Cavaliers uh, is going to roll out a, a lineup of Andre Drummond, JaVale McGee, and Jared Allen. Along with Harry and Prince, so basically but the end from it. Lord of the Rings. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So okay, and and I just want to say, like, juxtapose the how James Harden went out, uh, basically how he ended it with Houston, and then you have someone like Victor Oladipo. Now I know that he's not the biggest star like Harden, but you know he wanted out. You know he wanted to play somewhere else, but at the end of the day, he said that you know what I'm gonna I'm in Indiana. I'm gonna play here, and look, he is going to play 
for a team with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. He is in a better position, I feel. But yeah, then again, this is it. Dre, what do you think, brother? Well, first off, I think you've all been very unfair on James Harden. Don't you guys know that he's forever indebted to the, you know, the city of Houston? <laughs> forever. And he indebted. is forever indebted to the fact that he is forever indebted. You know, he once was forever indebted, forever indebted to the city of Houston because he's forever indebted, forever indebted. Anyway, um, moving on from his own word. Uh, look, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. I'm glad that he's gone. On one hand, I agree. I'm mad that he got to where he wanted. But on the other hand, I don't know. Should I feel bad for the Houston organization? Like, should I pity them? Or should I feel great where it's like they really love their city, their fans, and their players this much, where they put up with all of this nonsense and still just wanted the best for this guy? I mean, that's that's some real loyalty. And given the nonsense that James Harden's put them through this year, let's be fair. He did give them playoff chances, a lot of good years. So it's not like he did absolutely nothing, but it shows that they're very grateful for the years that they did have enough to, you know, basically be doormats to this guy. So, you know, clearly this four team trade was the result of, okay, fine. You want to get out? Fine. Let's just do this and figure it out. Let's call all 29 other teams, figure this out. Let's call Seattle, even though they don't even currently have a team. We'll figure this out, <laughs> whatever it takes. And it looks like if the Rockets can stay healthy, that they might be the underdog team. I really like, you know, these these hungry dogs who have a lot to prove. Pacers are our actual underdogs that are doing well. Cavaliers, uh, much to my chagrin, are doing pretty, pretty well, too. So I think everybody kind of wins. The biggest question is, is this actually going to be a fantastic big three? And you look at it, and it is what everyone is saying, possibly the greatest offensive big three in in NBA history. But between uh, Kyrie Irving's you know headspace, James Harden's BS, if it wasn't for KD, this would automatically be a bust waiting to happen. But it's KD that's the glue that sticks super teams together, whether it's OKC whether it's uh, the Warriors, it's this guy who is one of the top five players in the league who still, you know, sacrifices whatever he needs to to get his teams by or takes the lead. He really is fantastic. So if it wasn't for KD, I'd really second guess this. But what do you guys think of this of this big three? Are they actually Here's just all smoke or are they actually going to do something? Here's a quick question. Quick question. Outside of what the Rockets got and compared to the, what the Raptors got, is this modern day Vince Carter trade? No, uh, no, not even. Raptors didn't even get a single. Well, see, that's why I'm talking to draft. Take, 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 the Rockets take got away who we got. I was just talking about. I was just talking about by the by what happened. How James Harden wanted out, but he did give this team uh, all he got or all he gave, and at the end he wanted out. It's kind of reminiscent to. Vince Carter, no, a just little, not to that level. No, like I'm gonna, I, I get really bitter th- rethinking about that whole Carter thing. Vince it was Carter really bad. I'm sorry for Vince bringing Carter that up. Basically, <laughs> went on a diet where he refused to dunk, and then went to the Nets and started dunking. I don't know, like no, it's not the same. Uh, James Harden showed up like he just got out of bed after like you know a bad hangover, still dropped forty. It's not, it's not really the same. He, he's as diva like but it's not the same and we got severely burned whereas the rockets i think were 
kind of blessed with, you know, a secret, really good um, recruitment of Victor Oladipo and all of these picks. And um, as we were talking about in the chat, uh, Jay brought up the Patrick Ewing effect where the superstar goes out and the team does really well. I could foresee this again with a John Wall who's been healing for two years, DeMarcus Cousins who got a lot, a lot to prove, Oladipo got a lot to prove. If they stay healthy, they might actually be really good. Toronto got screwed. There's, I don't think there's many, there's much of a comparison <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, I agree. Let's just say that if there were fans or if they will be coming back with fans, I don't think James Harden is going to get booed in Houston. But enough about Houston. Let's talk about the the team who got James Harden, and that's uh, a team that's in our conf or. I guess in our division, right? I believe Brooklyn's in our division. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the even, no one even pays attention to divisions anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> I know. You know, once the whole uh, top of the division thing stopped mattering in the playoffs, yeah, I mean, who, who really cares anymore? Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's true. It's true. But the Brooklyn Nets, like you said, Dre, you got Kyrie Irving, hopefully, uh, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Uh, that, you know, whoever else is around them it honestly it really doesn't matter because this is the this top three i mean joe harris is it has always been a really good shooter and then you got you know deandre jordan but outside of those three you know you put you know, cut and paste anybody really it's those three now does this make the brooklyn nets basically the favorites to win the east I, I i you know i'll go so much to say as a championship or bust nope Ooh, all right jay I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't have them in, I don't even have them in the NBA finals. And I I know that 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 could come back and bite me on the ass. Um, But I mean, there really was, this is before the season started, before this trade even happened. I even said on this podcast that I'm very, very concerned. Well, not really concerned, but I'm wary of the fact that their defense is not going to be good. There just wasn't any plus defenders there outside of Kevin Durant. And oops, Jared Allen no longer there. So you're already seeing it in in the games that they're playing, right? They're yes, they are winning games, but they're winning them like 125 to 124. So that that's it's great for for must watch TV, right? It's it's going to be great theater throughout the season, but when you know it comes time to the playoffs, and again, people are going to say, well, when it comes time to the playoffs, they'll actually be good as well because they have those individual scorers that can beat defenses but where's their defense like you need a top 10 defense at least to compete in this league and we've seen that every single year and they simply don't have that right now they're actually i i will i guess kind of backtrack a bit and say that their defense is not as bad as i was uh as i thought they would be preseason they are hovering around the 11th 12th best defense but they just got rid of their best interior defender so i am concerned that their defense won't hold up in the playoffs i wasn't a bit of a twitter convo with with uh, another twitter person uh, raptors twitter personality who said yeah it's true their defense isn't going to be great but if the offense is just that good like if you have harden who just ball hogs for a bit that gives a break to irving and durant to kind of you know, put a little bit more effort on defense, right? Whereas in previous teams, so much was reliant on them offensively, they didn't have enough energy on the defensive side. So maybe with the three of them kind of sharing the rock between them, then maybe that that does mean that their their defense won't be as bad as I'm saying it is. But I will say that I am cautious. Uh, I, I don't, and I'm not willing to say that they're even going to make it to the finals. Wow. 
I mean, if you think about it, right at this moment, like uh, at this moment, their top uh, player for points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks are no longer on the team. Wow. So, if not outside of points, it's uh, Kevin Durant's points, but for for the rebounds and and the blocks and the steals, that was Jared Allen and Chris Levert. So none of those people are there anymore. And it's true. I I, I want to. Everyone has the questions. How is Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden going going to coincide with when you when you thought when you saw KD with uh, Steph Curry? Steph Curry right now he he's not even the best scorer. He's not he obviously he has the he has that sixty one point game. But outside of that, when he was playing the Raptors, he didn't have to be the best scorer. He was, but he was still in the game because he knows how to um, be that point guard, to be that leader. Kyrie Irving and James Harden both need the basketball. James Harden just dribbles the ball for 18 seconds and then jacks up a three. That was his game for like five years in Houston. So to be, to have a scorer, dynamic scorer like Kevin Durant, to have a dynamic scorer like Kyrie Irving, and then to have James Harden, fantasy-wise, phenomenal. Real basketball, real basketball, I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to need three basketballs on the floor. But we we thought that too when it came to like Podgers and Kawhi Leonard and they're you know they're working together pretty well. Like these are these are superstars, man. And you taking take away the basketball, like Dre said. I mean, we don't even know what Kyrie Irving is doing, and I hope that everything is okay with him. And right now he's be he's already been suspended fifty grand because of that video that surfaced when him with him at a birthday party and he's also going to lose a part of his salary as well so we don't know what is going to happen with him when he does come back there has there's going to have to be some sort of like meeting that they're going to have with with jason outside of jason kidd too the fact that he's a he's a rookie coach if he didn't have mike d'antoni beside steve him nash, steve nash sorry 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 Wait, who did you say? I just, jason kidd sorry i met steve nash i met steve nash but the I fact actually- the fact that it's a rookie coach like this brooklyn i, I if I was a Brooklyn Nets fan, I would be extremely excited because I have three MVP uh, caliber players, but I'd be also be very, very scared. You <laughs> what know, about funny, you? Funny that you bring up Steve Nash because, correct me if I'm wrong, at the start of the season, he basically nudged, nudged, and winked, winked that he was going to pick up on Mike D'Antoni's seven seconds or less uh, Phoenix Suns um, scheme that, you know, they both became very iconic for and Amari Stoudemire. Let's not forget about him. He's also part of this team now. What seven seconds or less? Don't you mean 700 dribbles or less? Like there's no possibility that these two ball handlers and Harden and and Irving are going to be able to do anything in seven seconds or less outside of, I don't know, maybe break the world record for most amount of dribbles in seven seconds or less. Like it's just not going to happen. Like what speed are you going to have outside of, potential lob city with with DeAndre Jordan so oh well the way I I see this is um you have a bunch of very good players obviously very good players but it almost feels like I'm trying to figure out an analogy for James Harden who you know is a fantastic player let's not kid ourselves but it's almost like okay so I I play guitar and bass and stuff you know, there's doing really cool solos and stuff that sound great, but they're also very sloppy if you don't have good technique and if you pick up bad habits, which unfortunately I'm that type of guitarist. I'm one that accumulated bad habits. So even if I play something that that's pretty good, 
it sounds very sloppy and it doesn't sound pristine and it's not reliable. That's James Harden. The guy could play really well, but he picked up so many bad habits, whether it's the lack of defense, you know, the, the ball hawking, you know, the, the reliance on the step back. In a way, it was fantastic when it worked just for him, but he no longer is working just for him. So I feel like all of these bad habits are going to bite him in the ass, bite the team in the ass. You've got Kyrie Irving, who is a fantastic Robin, didn't want to be a Robin. And yes, I'm stealing this from a meme that I saw. Didn't want to be a Robin to a team's Batman. And now he's Alfred. So like, I feel like he's going to have like zero. I didn't come up with that, sadly. Uh, I feel like he's going to have zero motivation to want to keep going. He already has zero motivation to keep going. So I feel like instead of this super team that it seems like it could be and it should be, it might just be Kevin Durant having to save the day with people who might not always be on or care to be on. And it's unfortunate because if you said this five years ago, that this is the super team, you know, regardless of DeAndre Jordan, who's not in his prime anymore, but still, you know, I feel like he's putting in the work. I'd be like, oh my God, this team's on, this team is not going to lose a single game. But now we're apprehensive because we've seen the defensive lapses. We've seen the bad ball IQ. We've seen everything except for, you know, like, again, Durant, who's going to have to save the day all the time. So I guess we'll see. This is a super team, but is it the championship team? There's a good chance that, Jay, you nailed it on the head. Why did the Heat go so far? Because Adebayo is a fantastic defensive stopper. You can't just get by on offense alone, especially in the playoffs when you're being shut down and you know teams have seven games to try and figure out your schematics. So... What are they going to do when they come across the Bucks, who are angrier than ever and more determined to keep Giannis? I know we got an extension, but that doesn't mean anything in this league. What about the 76ers, who are actually on a bit of a tear with, you know, under new coaching duties, you have Embiid, who might be in the MIP, or not MIP, in the MVP conversation, and they're looking really good. What about the Pacers, who are looking much better than they've ever been for the last number of years, and they were already good. Is it going to be enough? Names and talent is not enough in this league, um, especially in the playoffs. Let's see. I don't know if they're going to break it out of the East either, but I could be eating my words. Well, no, I think you, you a lot of what you said makes sense, and I think that you know the Nets have not been tested yet, really, right, in terms of facing some really high-caliber defenses. You mentioned the Bucks there. They face them on Monday, so I think we'll get an early answer on how this new super team is going to look facing a determined defense like the Bucks. And I think I'll just, you know, I know we got to go to break, and I'm just going to really quickly make some final points on each of them. Uh, I, I need to backtrack a bit on, on on Kyrie Irving. I honestly don't know what's going on with him from a mental health standpoint you know obviously something is is bugging him right now and it's it's not that he doesn't want to play but if we think about him sitting out the bubble because of all the injustices that were happening in the states that could very well be creeping back into his head right so i'm not going to make any judgments on why he's not playing um as for kevin durant it's i think it's incredible that we're we're heaping all of this praise on someone who didn't even play last year and who before the season we thought is he even going to be his old self right so the fact that the narrative has changed to, no, 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 he's now the savior of this team. The guy who's going to keep them together is quite incredible in, in the case of him coming back from that injury. And finally, with James Harden, uh, I think that his defense is actually much better than people uh, give him credit for. 
specifically his post defense, which might be required on a team that doesn't have a good interior defender. Let's face it, DeAndre Jordan is past his prime now. So I'm going to say, I'm going to hold judgment on Harden's defense and say that it's actually a little bit better than what people think. Um, all in all, I think that this team is going to definitely make some noise. They're going to be worth the price of admission, even though there are no fans. And, you know, come Monday, we'll see how they do against a very solid Bucks defense. I believe Kyrie Irving is also going to play on that game, too. So let's see. Uh, Raptors fans, NBA fans, let us know your thoughts on, uh, you know, what the league should do about the, the COVID cases and if they should suspend play. Obviously, what the Harden train means to you and, and the league and, you know, to your Raptors and if the, you think that they'll be the favorites coming out of the East. But let's take a break. Let's come back and talk about your three and eight Raptors. Ugh. Talk to you guys soon. This is a Raptors podcast for fans, by fans. I know the first half was a little NBA uh, uh, heavy, but now let's talk about our Raptors. They just came off a, uh, not a definitely not a convincing win. We did lose, uh, give up a double-digit lead once again. We couldn't keep the lead. However, we were on uh, the, I guess, the good end of, of a game. As Nick Nurse pointed out uh, against the Golden State Warriors, we were playing really well and came back and on losing end. And this Charlotte game that happened yesterday on the 14th, we played really poorly and came out on the winning end. So it's a it's a funny game, but as it stands now, the Raptors are three and eight. Um, they are getting great production from the bench, who I believe should start from uh, the man, Chris Boucher. Uh, Pascal Siakam is back at his old self. Fred Van Vliet still the same. Kyle Lowry doing Kyle Lowry things, but damn, do we not have a center? Jay, Dre, where do you think we are, where it stands with the Raptors? Uh, right now, to me, I feel like we're getting back into some sort of a groove, but I don't know why uh, Nick Nurse is deciding to have either Baines or Alex Lenz starting and not Chris Boucher. I get it. We don't really have a bench, and Boucher is the answer to our bench, but is that enough to not start him and have these slow starts? I think in a way that it kind of makes sense because, look, in an ideal world, uh, Boucher would be starting right now. I'd argue he's the most on-fire Raptor currently. On the other hand, this is the same tactic that's been ha- that's been working out with players like Lou Williams on the Clippers, where it's like Good the point. second wind, this much-needed second wind that the Raptors could afford to have. 
Because otherwise, you look at our bench production, and whether it's people that Nurse is refusing to play or people who are playing and are just not showing up, it's a little bit of a disaster. So, hey, at least we have this second wind with um, with Chris Boucher. So, uh, on one hand, the guy deserves, you know, the guy didn't even start on his birthday, which is unfortunate. Like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, he's still playing starter minutes. He's still getting the starter numbers. I'm not entirely sure why it's better to have the not-so-great centers start because what advantage does that give? Doesn't that almost guarantee that we lose tip-off every time? But I'm sure there's something. Games about tip-off. <laughs> I mean, that just means you get the ball You get the ball first in the second half. <laughs> possessions are really good. They, they, you know, they, you can strategize with them, right? So... They don't. They don't mean a hell of a lot, but hey, you know it's something. Uh, at, but, the, at this moment, Chris Boucher is averaging fifteen point three points, six point five rebounds, one assist, fifty eight point eight field goals percentage, and forty seven point five field goals from percentage from three. Dude, now both six man of the year and MIP. I think Jeremy Grant is a little offended by that, but <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you one of those awards. Fair enough. He's on fire. Jay, is there, do you think at some point Chris Boucher is going to come off the bench? Even knowing that our bench, you know, Norman Powell is definitely not playing uh, like we want to. We're getting great minutes from Wadden, uh, Yuta Watanabe and surprisingly Stanley Johnson as well. We haven't seen anything from Matt Thomas nor DeAndre Bembry. And I can't say enough less about Alex Len and uh, Baines. But are we going to see Chris Boucher soon in the starting lineup? What do you think, Jay? Uh, kind of along the same lines of Dread. Does it really matter? Like, I, I think we're already seeing that Chris Boucher is part of the closing lineup. Isn't that Fair. the more important lineup? Like, I, I get it. Uh, and, and I hear everyone's, you know, argument that, you know, Boucher has been probably, I don't know, I would say the third fourth best player of the season uh, of the of, of for the team this year so i get why you'd want him um i just really wish that norm would do something off the bench yeah. and he's just completely regressed to i guess the norm that we've kind of seen for every season other than last season right he really did show that last season was kind of an anomaly for him and you know now that we're kind of getting the old norm back it really does put the pressure on on Boucher to kind of pick up the the slack for the bench and and he's doing that right and the numbers that you threw out there Jason guess what they're all better than what Serge Ibaka gave so if we're we're you know talking about where we're hurting as as a team and and yes it is in the center position at the very least he's producing better numbers than Ibaka did right and that's where he's coming off of that's who he's trying to replace here and he's doing that even better um so yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm I I'm not as I I'm not getting as livid about it as as others do. I I'm okay with him coming off the bench because of how effective he's been in that position and also knowing that he's starting second halves now, he's closing games. So really like if he's not starting, that's fine. Like he he can be the first guy off the bench and just butcher the other team's uh, big man. I definitely agree. It's crazy though because part of the reason why we lost our bench is just off season BS. Part of the season where we lost our bench, you know, when he kept bringing up Norman Powell, it made me realize that iconic bench mob we've had for a couple of years until like, a, you know, one or two years ago consisted of Van Vliet, 
of Siakam, of Powell. And these are players that have are like starting now or occasionally starting. So on one hand, it's a testament to our fantastic development in in our organization. But on the other hand, you know, we gotta have something coming off the bench. And I feel like Boucher is earning, you know, his secret weapon status. And look, if it means that he's gotta come off the bench for these numbers to to happen or for these strats to work, more power to it. All I know is this is starting. I feel like this is part of the reason why Siakam is getting a bit of life back into him and whatnot, because he's still trying to be like the, the number one option of the team, especially at the beginning of games. So he's figuring it out for himself, but it's not resting entirely on his shoulders. There is something coming off the bench and it's working. And that's, that's slim duck himself. It's, it's Chris Boucher. So, um, Mm-hmm. I think for now it's working, and yeah, the Raptors the their their record right now is abysmal. It's like third worst, I think. Even though we're three and eight, it doesn't feel like watching a Wizards game or a Pistons game where it's like, wow, like we're getting canned. We've had a few narrow losses, things that we should have won, but at the same time, we're looking as we've said before, we're looking better than when we started. So, yeah, could we sneak into eighth place at the end of the season? Maybe, but I don't know if we're going to be as garbage as it looked like at the beginning of the season. So, I'm going to shout out uh, Josh Howe from uh, Sportsnet and Raptors Republic. He's he uh, pointed out that last season Toronto ranked third in pace off of misses at the rim and fifth in points per possession off of those same misses. This season. We're 22nd in pace and 29th in points per session off Oof. of those misses. Some of the product of the, is uh, of the team of the teams missing far less at the rim versus Toronto, uh, but it goes to show that Raptors don't have a guy in the center like Gasol who plays the defense and knows how to outlet pass uh, so so well. And we've seen it so many times last year. We just don't have that presence in the middle. And it's true. And I, I don't want to keep harping back to the, the center position because right now we don't have anything outside of Boucher. We wanted that from Baines, but I just feel like the how the Raptors play uh, and the, how they play well is when they open up the space and have a lot of uh, area for Pascal Siakam and in, in, in a lot of cases, Norman Powell to move around. And a lot of cases where Fev and Vliet is in... Uh, you know, deep in the shotgun, he knows when to drive and kick out. And you're not going to have that if you're going to have a traditional center, a traditional big, because you're going to block up a lot of that space in the center. I'm hoping that Boucher does start just because of we want to, you know, get out and run right away. We don't want to start to figure it out halfway through because then we get into uh, these ruts and, you know, hopefully we get into a double-digit lead, but why are we losing them as well? And I guess, you know, Baines and Alex, and they don't play very much. But then at the same time, why play them at all? Right. Get, get a good start. Get a good start with Boucher and get him into a flow because, you know, that guy is unconscious. He's going to get a, If he has an open three, once he comes off the bench, he's going to shoot that ball. Like, get him going right away. So... You know, there you have it. I want to say let's let's go into the next couple of games. Uh, so tomorrow we have the second uh, game against the Hornets, and, and this is 
well, we're recording this on a Friday. So whenever you guys are listening to this, hopefully Saturday morning uh, to, uh, I guess, the gear up for the game tonight. And then the Mavericks uh, on Monday. And then we have a uh, back-to-back. Not a, Well, not a back-to-back, more of like a you know home-and-home home versus the Heat on Wednesday and Friday. Guys, what do you think? Are we going to go go to seven and eight, or are we going to see our loss column blossom a little bit? I guess there's a couple of things that you brought up there, but yeah, let's let's stick to the to the schedule here. And um, while I think that actually no no, before I jump into the schedule, just just a quick thought on the whole center position thing is just a really quick question to both of you, really. Like, and I get it. Like Baines and Len, um, they they need some time, and and to get up to speed but then you know as you mentioned earlier it's not to be i guess glossed over how quickly watanabe has has kind of picked up the defensive scheme right so mm-hmm. i think he's been a very good addition he's picked up very quickly and he's, he's definitely earned a spot um but if you guys could choose let's just say you know baines or len they don't work out who would you be more interested in uh bruno caboclo or oh, here you go Ronde Hollis Jefferson, both available. Ronde, I'd go with Ronde. Miss you, chap. (laughs) (laughs) We miss you. Shout out to that that what? Shout out to Ronde when he was like, "That's my son." Shout out to my son. (laughs) I'm throwing that out there for two reasons: is because you know, you know what? The first reason is really that, like, yes, I get it. You know, fans, we all want someone better at playing the starting uh, starting center position but secondly I, I think one or even both of them could just end up on brooklyn um oh. and i hate to say that because mm-hmm. you know yeah, they, need the, Ross, Ross yeah, they, they are three men short yeah, right actually, now yeah 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 so someone like like honestly ronde is so perfect for that team i i want to cry because I think that's good. what's going to sting more than finding out Harden is on the net is finding out that Rondé goes there, goes back there, really. So uh, I'm going to move topics. Team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I need to go back to the original question here. Let's focus on the schedule here because I'm getting depressed now. Um, yeah, I think that I think that the Raptors will will come out victorious against the Hornets. Uh, the Hornets throughout this this fairly simple to break zone on the Raptors that that helped them come back. And I think the Raptors will come back a bit better prepared on Saturday. Um, Dallas is going to be a tough one. And we know that Dallas plays the Raptors very well. So I'm going to chalk that up as a Dallas Mm -hmm. victory. And then the home and home with heat, the heat, you know, they're not getting as much press as the Raptors are, but they're also off to a very slow start being four and six and out of the playoff picture. So, you know, you're going to be looking at two desperate teams here. And thankfully, there are no fans allowed because I'm sure that would have been filled with Miami Heat fans. So I'm yeah, going to say, yeah. I'm going to take the conservative route here and say that the Raptors and Heat split that. Uh, I don't know who wins first and who wins second. But uh, that's kind of what I see. It's two and two over these next four home games. Not to be that guy. Let's hope that these games are actually played. Um, if oh, they yeah. are. Good point. <laughs> if they are. Say, yeah. First off, I never thought I'd be saying this. The Hornets are looking all right. Obviously, at this point, LaMelo Ball is going crazy. I feel like he's exactly what they signed up for, except for the first couple of games where he got goose eggs and whatnot. No, a bigger question. Why is he not starting for the Hornets? Yeah, he's, he'll get there eventually. I think, he yeah, he, yeah. If anything, it'd be funny. Like, let's see who gets a start first, Ball or Boucher? <laughs> <laughs> and the race starts now. Um, anyway, 
I feel like this is going to be another win for the Raptors. I feel like the the Hornets were clawing their way back and they almost got back, but I feel like they're still a blossoming team, and I feel like somebody like Nick Nurse can can exploit them uh, two games in a row. So, uh, fingers crossed. The Mavericks were already not looking great for us to face, and then they got Cors- uh, Porzingis back, Tingus Pingus, who is uh, looking really good. Uh, so I think that's going to be a loss. And then the Heat, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, I'm going to say a win for us. Just I, I really don't have any rock games. games. Oh, that's why you picked even, I see. For a second, I was like, Jay, can you really just say it's a draw? <laughs> I, I it's a tie. It's a tie. Uh, <laughs> Football rules, oh, okay. damage. <laughs> actually, actually, I, I get your point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you then that it is a tie. So, um, I will say, Raptors win first, Heat win second. Well, there you have it. Uh, I'm going to stick with my guns. I think the Raptors. You know, I, I don't like the record right now, but I, I do honestly do feel like there's something there that's starting to click. There's something there that Nick Nurse is seeing, and albeit I'm not the head coach, so there has to be a reason why, and we're seeing it that why Boucher is coming off the bench. They're playing better. So that's why I'm going to go with a win, a loss, a win, a win. I feel like we're going to beat the the Hornets again. Yes, I do agree with the the Doncic and the the fact that they just got Porzingis back. Dallas always plays well against us. And then the Heat, the two Heat games, I mean... I, I, again, I feel like uh, Nick Nurse has ha, knows this Heat team very well. They know how how to play against uh, Drajic, Bam, uh, Butler. I just I just feel like they have the upper hand. And by that time, uh, you know, knock on wood, hopefully these games are actually going to be played. I do feel like the Raptors are getting into a groove. So, plus, you know, heroes overrated. There, I'm throwing out another take. Uh, actually, I love it. Quick, love it. Robinson or Hero. Oh, I, I, I'm wearing my Michigan sweater right now. So okay. Robinson a hundred times over. I feel like hero is maybe slightly overrated, but Robinson is underrated. Like they don't talk about him enough. They just keep calling him that guy from Jimmy Neutron, which I don't think is fair. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> shout out Duncan Robinson, who also shout out uh, Fred Van Vliet, telling everybody to shut up and wear a mask. I really enjoyed that. Yes. But, all right. Toronto Raptors fans, there you have it. Let us know what you guys think about the couple upcoming schedule against the Hornets, Mavericks, Heat, Heat. And then you got a, a home and home against the Pacers, Pacers. That's going to be interesting. But let us know uh, in in our Twitter feed. Uh, but until we talk again, uh, Dre, where can we find you, brother? All right, bear with me for a second. I feel like I've been Bath and Beyond. I've got a ton of plugs for sales. So uh, first up, <laughs> and, uh... deep inhale, deep inhale. <sighs> You can find my film editorial and review website, FilmsFatale, F-I-L-M-S, F-A-T-A-L-E.com, no spaces. I'm going to be putting out my best 100 films of the 1940s early February, so look out for that. The K-Cut is coming out with its sixth episode next week, so look forward to that. It's every Tuesday. And I interviewed a couple of my friends from the Brampton um, Sports Facility Benchmark, which is going to be posted through That's a Wrap this week, or uh, this, this upcoming week, so look forward to that. It's really insightful about lots of um lots of goodies about uh you know what it's like to be a canadian athlete uh you know working against uh, a nation that's not going to fund you like the u.s will um what it's like being an athlete in, you know during a pandemic and uh 
you know, me questioning why they helped a number of Knicks players like RJ Barrett get to where they are. So um, outside of that, in small detail, it was fantastic. So please look forward to that. Jay, where can we find you? Nice, nice. I, all that in one breath. Oh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. You can find my weekly uh, article, The Wrap-Up, which looks at the Toronto Raptors games of the week on Raptors HQ, which is where you're hearing this podcast. And if you're listening to you will be listening to this, I assume, on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, before you catch the Hornets game at 7.30. But at 7 o'clock, feel free to tune into Sportsnet 590, where I'll be guesting with Josh Goldberg as well. Yes, (laughs) I'll be guesting on there to preview the game. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Talk about a plug, damn. Nicely done. Yo, that happened right before we recorded, so I'm like, oh, I'll just save oh, it for the outro. Well done. All right. Well, definitely shut, shut, <laughs> find Jay on Sportsnet. Make sure to find Dre on K-Cut. And yes, uh, like he said, he we will be dropping uh, that episode hopefully by Monday or Tuesday, but look out for that. You can find all of us at That's A Rat Pod. Uh, make sure to follow us tomorrow where Dre is going to be taking over our account to talk about uh, during the Hornets game. And uh, I am the new editor for uh, Graduating Anxiety Podcast. So find that on all your podcatchers as well. Until then, that's a wrap.